This is the story of the creation of a product. Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat, and they are making Obi, a smart laser toy for pets. We're going to document the journey of what it takes to bring an idea to life in the Kickstarter age. My name is Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. After months of ideas, prototyping, conversations and discussions, on September 21st, 2015, Studio Neat released Obi onto Kickstarter. So the idea for Obi came about when my wife and I first got our cat, Mr. Little Jeans, about a year ago. And that's Dan Provost. And of course, as new parents, we were spoiling him with a bunch of toys And there are two things we observed. One of them is that they're all horribly designed uh, and just complete eyesores. But the second thing is there there was an important use case in the, the automated toy market where we could distract Mr. Little Jeans when we're trying to eat dinner or I work from home and, you know, sometimes I'm working at my desk and he comes up behind me and bites my leg or whatever. Uh, So there was this desire to have a toy that could keep him entertained on his own. And so that was the original seed of the idea. And then, you know, through pitching this to Tom and talking about it more is, is how we eventually arrived at Obi. So that's a little bit about where Obi came from. And over the coming weeks, we still have a ton of the story that we want to tell you. But for now, why don't we find out a little bit about Studio Neat? So, yeah, so we have, I guess, almost five years now uh, been making these products. That's Tom. And it's kind of crazy when you think about it that it's just Dan and I literally kind of doing everything surrounding, you know, the manufacturer design and release and marketing of these products. But I think what enables us to do that and makes us good at the things we're good at is a couple things. One is I think we both somehow throughout growing up have kind of learned to really notice things in like a deep way and think about little things and details of things and how they work. And I feel like we both spend a lot of our time just you know, we'll pause and like look at something on the street or in a store and really kind of notice what's going on or how it's put together or, you know, something about it. And so I think there's a certain trait that people who are involved in design typically have where it's just an awareness and just kind of like thinking about the world in a little bit different way. Uh, not that it's really fancy or special. It's really just maybe like compulsive or, or weird at sometimes, but there's definitely, I think, something uh, we have somewhat of ability to um, I, you know, just be detail oriented and think about things in that way. So I think that's one part of it. In the time that I've known Dan and Tom, a couple of years ago, we were at a conference together in Portland. And there was one morning where we were waiting for breakfast. 
and everybody was just standing around and chatting. And then Dan reaches into a bag that he has with him and pulls out a Pantone color book, one of those swatch things where you could go through and pick out colors. And then maybe for the next 15 or 20 minutes, Dan and Tom are huddled around this book together whilst everybody else is chatting because they'd randomly seen a color that they wanted to check on because they were looking it up to try and match something on a mold for one of their later projects. This is the kind of detail that Dan and Tom put into their stuff, which is why I find them so fascinating to observe and to see exactly how they work and look at the way that they think. And so, you know, I think it's just kind of a process of getting comfortable with learning something new, trying something you haven't done, and then being kind of arrogant and crazy enough to think that you can actually pull it off. And then I think specifically uh, on a personal level, I feel like Dan is really good at um, being extremely detail-oriented and really thoughtful about the things in his life and the way they work and then thinking about how they can be improved. And so, you know, a lot of the thinking about the details and the little things and the products we make, um, I think uh, really benefit from Dan's like super awareness of all that stuff and kind of really high um, expectations about how things should function. Um, whereas I'm often a little bit more casual and be like, ah, whatever. He's like, he really pushes us to really refine and refine. Um, and then, you know, for myself, I think I've just like had my entire life has been like trying to figure out how to make things and how things go together and kind of an engineering mindset. And so, uh, that coupled with a little bit of, uh, stupid naivete thinking that I can make, kind of make anything, uh, I think lets us just try all these different kinds of things and have enough experience with a different amount of things that we can be a small team and still make different uh, kinds of products. Obi is in Studio Neat's first rodeo. They've been on Kickstarter a bunch of times and have had a whole selection of successful products. This is going to be number six. Um, So just to list them off real quick, our first one was the Glyph, uh, which is a tripod mount for the iPhone. We followed that with the Cosmonaut, which was a wide grip stylus. Uh, then we did a March Madness iPhone app called Simple Bracket. Uh, and then a couple of cocktail-related ones. There was the Neat Ice Kit, which was uh, clear ice for cocktails. And then the Simple Syrup Kit, which uh, is self-explanatory. So that's what Dan, Tom, and Studio Neat are like. I'll introduce myself again. I'm Mike Hurley. I am a podcaster at Relay FM, And I really wanted to work with these guys because I loved all the stuff that they do. And they're also really great people. In this podcast, you're going to hear just what it's like to actually make a physical product. But I wanted Tom and Dan to tell me why exactly did they want to record all of this and put it out to the world? Making something is really hard, and I bet it's entertaining for other people. <laughs> um, uh, no, I think I, I, I think part of the reason why Dan and I can be, you know what? This actually would work or could be cool. With every Kickstarter project we've done... We've always put a lot of energy into showing our backers kind of behind the scenes stuff um, as much as we can and being really honest and saying, hey, we have this problem or, hey, look, this happened or, hey, here's a video of the manufacturing facility we went to. So um, seeing people's reaction of kind of the years of doing that sort of stuff, um, you know, made us realize that people really do love seeing how the sausage is made and they love behind the scenes stuff. Having a podcast where we can show and talk about as much of that stuff as possible we feel like people would really like it and then on the other hand it's really important for us 
um, for Dan and I to feel like we are connecting on like somewhat of a personal level with our customers and backers and just whoever. Um, so being able to not just type and kind of make videos, but really talk for an extended amount of time feels like we feel like we could make somewhat of a more, uh, personal connection with the people who are like, you know, super important in our lives, right? Like, like Kickstarter backers and our customers are like the things that make our lives possible in terms of our jobs, right? They kind of control so much. And so uh, we feel like it's really good to be able to reach out to them as much as possible. So we're hopeful that this will be entertaining to people. Um, and then we can get some back and forth going with people, you know, asking us questions maybe, or just kind of strengthening that uh, relationship a little bit. Yeah. One thing I've noticed is there seems to be a, a real hunger for people to understand where things came from. And I, I'd almost come, go so far as to say it's like a shift in capitalism and, and how people are consuming things in that they don't just want to buy things. They want to purchase something that has a story behind it, or they know how that thing came to be. There's like more of a, a curiosity out there. And so part of this podcast and, you know, what we've learned through, you know, Kickstarter and doing project updates and such is, you know, different ways to satisfy that curiosity. So whether it's, you know, creating a, a video showing how the manufacturing happens or, you know, project updates or blog posts or any number of things. And this is just kind of another angle to try to satisfy that curiosity. So we've been talking a lot about documenting the journey, talking about the process and, and showing examples of how these types of things get made. But how are we going to do that with this show? Well, one of the really cool things that's been going since Dan originally pitched the idea to Tom is the two of them have been recording every conversation that they've had. They have all the moments of stuff that went right. They have all the moments of stuff that went wrong. And over the coming weeks, we're going to give you a glimpse of what that sort of stuff looks like. So what was it like for the original idea to be conceived? What were the prototypes? like i've been talking with them the whole time gauging their opinions and seeing how things are like for example next week's episode that's going to be all about what it's actually like the moment that you press the button to launch your kickstarter campaign but to give you a taste this is what it sounded like the moment that dan pitched tom i have a desire for so there's, there's basically two there's two things there's wanting an automated cat toy where the cat can be entertained by himself uh -huh. because like we play with them all the time, but a, it like doesn't seem like it's enough ever. <laughs> <laughs> and B like there are times when we don't want to play with them when we're like eating dinner or whatever. Yeah. And then the second thing is something beautiful that you could like have in your home. That's not a total eyesore. Like it could, it could be a object that sits on, sits on your shelf that is like, mm -hmm. you know, shoots a laser pointer. That's like one thing is I just like want this thing. But the other force is like, we've always kind of had this vague desire to do some kind of like hardware software yeah. Yeah, combination. Yeah. And maybe, you know, through the design process, we'll find out that you know, that's not this, like it can be just a simple thing that yeah. doesn't require like an iPhone app to pair with it or whatever. But it's like, you know, it's interesting for that reason as well. 
So that conversation actually happened on the 18th of February 2015. It's just interesting to hear how much of the original vision has been realized in the product that you can order today. So let's just for a second take a moment to talk about the software component that goes along with Obi. So we're initially launching on iOS only to start, and that wasn't the original plan. We were thinking originally, oh, this should be you know Android and iOS. But as we got closer, it became very daunting, the, the prospect of trying to, to manage both of those simultaneously. It just seemed like biting off much more than we could chew. So this is a whole new territory for us and kind of a mystery. So we're just trying to be somewhat measured in how much we're tackling at once. And then, you know, if this thing is a success and there's a lot of demand, we're, we're definitely going to look at having an Android app closely follow. Um, but we just decided it was, it was too much of a commitment to try to do both at launch. But all of this, why is this a consideration? Why are Dan and Tom going to Kickstarter? Why not just work on this on their own, use the capital of their existing products to try and fund all of this stuff? Why are they going back to Kickstarter for project number six? Uh, it's about the Benjamins, Mike. Um, <laughs> I, in general, uh, this is like, by, well, I guess by far the most complex kind of product that we've tried to make. What makes it so complex? A lot of things. For one, there's just a bunch of parts, right? So um, there's a lot of parts that, you know, go into making Obi and most of them are custom parts, right? So a lot of those things are electronics, right? So there's like a PCB and a bunch of electronic pieces. Um, and then there's a bunch, there's like, I guess, five injection molded plastic parts. And then there's some, some kind of like ancillary cables and buttons and stuff. Don't worry, we're going to get into all of that in a later episode. But what's crazy about all this is, you know, even to make one Obi, it's going to cost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars because just to make those custom parts, right, you have to have tooling for the injection molding and um, all kinds of things. But then on top of that, you also have to have kind of a minimum order quantity uh, to get made, right? Like it doesn't make any sense to make five. There's kind of a certain level of... Uh, quantity you need for a to get a manufacturer to even pay attention to you um, and then for it to be cost effective to make the product in general right so um, you know we can sit around and make prototypes all day like we have a bunch of prototypes of ob and those are usually made like through a, a kind of a hodgepodge of like off-the-shelf parts or like 3d printed stuff um, but when it comes down to it to make the real thing we have to go through manufacturing with a bunch of different companies, and they all require setup fees and minimum order quantities. So Kickstarter is really a way uh, for us to get enough money and kind of guarantee that we will producing will be producing X amount of OBs, right? Um, so it's kind of just a way to get ramped up really quickly. Uh, you know, we don't have the capital at Studio Neat to just you know put down the big chunk of money it's going to take to just even get this rolling. Um, and then also, you know, we like, would like to kind of know for sure that people actually want this thing, right? Like for us, this is a brand new category of product. And also it's just like a new product in general for like the market. 
So for us, we don't know, you know, when this Kickstarter goes, are we just going to barely make our funding and, you know, make a thousand OBs or are we going to make 5,000 or 10,000, right? So that's, that's one reason why Kickstarter is really valuable is kind of knowing what scale you're, you're getting into. Um, but then also just, you know, we need money. It's like kind of the naked truth of it all. <laughs> I genuinely hope that in listening to this conversation and having looked through the Kickstarter page itself, you have an urge to actually pick up one of these beautiful devices for your own home to entertain your own animals. Well, what do you get? So like basically all of our other Kickstarter projects, by backing Obi on Kickstarter, you're essentially just pre-ordering one of them in advance. Um, so we have a really simple tier layout. Uh, there's there's a couple lower dollar amount tiers, which is basically just helping us out. You you want to see this project come to fruition, or there's even a tier if you want to just kind of support the creation of this podcast without you know buying an OB. And then the main tier is for backing OB, and this is presumably the one that you know the vast majority of people are going to choose. And then we just added a second tier for two OBs because in our past experience, we've learned that this is often requested. How do I back for two? So we've kind of just started adding that in as a default tier. And so, yeah, it's, it's very simple, very straightforward. So once you back OB, when does it arrive? So we, again, learning from experience, what we have right now on the Kickstarter, we'll see if it stays this way, is we're estimating July 2016. And so that's an intentionally generous date that is factoring in a number of things most people don't even consider, like uh, the Chinese New Year is kind of a, a month of time that you just have to kind of remove from your timetable. You know, we would rather under promise and over deliver, right? So we we really are not thinking it's going to take us until July 2016 to make this thing. But, you know, we also know it could take that long. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, you know, where we land. I mean, it's it's like so nearly impossible to really predict these things. I mean, I think the only people who can actually really predict the date is people who already have the product like finished and they're just going to Kickstarter like for marketing purposes. Um, but for, with us, you know, really we, we are at the, you know, kind of production prototype stage. And so, you know, you with, there's so many moving pieces of different manufacturers and shipping and all this stuff that you just never know. Like for instance, uh, you know, we had some neat ice kits, not for fulfilling the Kickstarter, but just in general delayed at the Los Angeles port for like six weeks, uh, last year, just because there was a labor strike at the LAX port, right? So like there, you, there's just so many things that you, you cannot uh, predict. Um, so we would rather kind of set everyone's expectations and so that we don't, you know, kind of fall short. That's what your, your experience with this does two things. Like it one shows that you will be able to do this because this is what Studio Neat does is make products. But the other, it helps inform you of some of the challenges that are going to be in the way, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it's, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> we don't know what challenges we'll, we'll be talking about on this podcast in the future, but there certainly will be some. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, it, it, on the one side, it's going to be nice to hopefully have a, 
a, a, a channel to tell people about and explain the problems or good things that happen. But on the other hand, it's a double-edged sword where it's like, well, now, you know, <laughs> we have a lot more time to talk about the things that went wrong, right? So, and we have a mic who Hello. is asking probing questions, right, about the problems, right? So, who knows what will come out, right? I have a feeling that we'll reveal more than we might have typically in like a Kickstarter update. Uh, but I think it'll be good. It'll, it'll definitely be a fun experiment. Tom is definitely right. The next few months will feature the three of us talking about exactly what it takes to bring Obi into existence. We'll be hearing from the guys as they handle production problems, deal with competition, or even just struggle to come up with a name for the thing. We'll be sharing their successes with you as well as the campaign and product continue to grow. What we hope will happen is that the campaign will be funded and we'll be able to tell the entire story from now all the way up to the point where these products are in your hands and beyond. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production by Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about the podcast by going to relay.fm slash TC. Please subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you consume fine podcasts. Please go and check out Obi at studioneat.com slash Obi and consider backing the Kickstarter project. Thank you. <laughs>